Hey everyone, welcome to the 31st episode of the Epilogue Gaming Podcast. From everyone at Epilogue, we hope you enjoyed your week. My name is Ben Vollmer, and this week, as always, I'm joined by Marcos Carmona and Dakota Trammell. I hope both of you are doing well. Dakota, how how do your last couple of weeks go? Oh, they're good. Yeah. Work is good. Good, yeah. I guess this is the first time we've been on the pod since you started your new job, I think. No, we were on last week. No, oh, we wait, were? The week before. Two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks yeah. ago. I guess you had just started it at that point. Yeah, because that's when you're like, yeah, since Blake took your spot, he screwed you over in points. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he really did. You haven't been able to recover yet, but maybe this week. Maybe this week. No, nope, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna recover. We all know <laughs> that's the fact. Marcos, how have you been the last couple of weeks? Oh, dude, I've been great. This weather is fantastic. It finally slipped into the 70s here in Florida, so I'm that's I'm feeling true. pretty good. You're getting there. Oh, we're getting to the 40s over here, dude. Oh, see, we've been hitting uh, uh, sub-freezing temperatures. That's yeah. gnarly. I'm very envious. So I should, I should say at night specifically. During the day, it's still like 60, 70. But that's pretty much perfect. I would take any anything that's... We've been like mid to high 80s. I mean, oh, like, I love yeah. the the brisk air and just the warmth of the sun. It's a great contrast. It feels amazing. Yeah. yeah. Lots of rain here too, so it's oh, like really? rainy as yeah, rainy and warm. <laughs> yeah, um, sorry. You dude. know, what? I'm real lucky that we don't have uh, massive like smoke clouds from the fires over in California. Because oh, yeah, usually, when California gets its big fires, we see residual smoke over here, and our air quality goes down, and it gets kind of nasty. But we're pretty fortunate that we have not seen anything uh, from the fires. Surprisingly, considering how big they are. Yeah, I hope every every single one of our uh, California listeners is safe. Um, scary stuff going on over there. So why don't we start out this week um, with a little trivia game? Oh boy! And uh, we'll be talking about some of the game award nominees later on. And uh, in light of that, I thought it would be a good idea to. This is my own trivia question. Um, I I just went through. I was sifting through this out of curiosity. And checking out which games had been given Game of the Year awards in the past. And there were a lot of surprising names for me on there. So I wanted to ask you two a question. And we'll start with Marcos because he's still a few points up. He'll he'll start off here. Uh, which of the following is not a former Game of the Year winner via a published outlet? Now, I used Wikipedia as my source. They covered like most substantial magazines and websites. So, okay. yeah, so um, there are four options. The first of which is Fallout New Vegas, or is it B, We Fit, C, The Sims, or D, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater? Now, again, you're looking for the game that has not won Game of the Year previously, Marcos. Okay, I'm going to say Sims because I really hope that did not win a Game of the Year. Okay, Dakota, what do you think? Does it specify which Sims or like is that? It's the Sims, the first Sims. Oh, um... I'm trying to think about when the first Sims came out. Like early 2000s, right? 2000, I think. Hmm. No. Hmm. This is a oh. tricky one. Part of me wants to go with Fallout New Vegas. I think I'll just stick to it. 
Stick with Fallout New Vegas. Dakota, you are right. It's yes, Fallout would, New Vegas. I, I knew it was so... I, I was like, they're... I would because that's everyone's favorite Fallout game. You would it expect, is. yeah, it's everybody's would favorite Fallout. That would have won a Game of the Year award, but I'm like, uh, uh-uh. though. I bet I know for sure Tony Hawk has because. For reference, stuff. every other Fallout game, um, aside from Fallout 76, I guess, uh, which just came out yesterday, has um, won a Game of the Year. Really? So, yep. Fallout New Vegas, the the one everybody thinks is the best, including myself, is um, had not been a Game of the Year. Now, Sims one. Sims won several times, actually. Several the original times. Sims yeah. makes sense. I can buy it. I, I guess it's so. And also of interest, um, Tony Hawk's is one of the most included games I found. Like I, just pretty much everybody in 1998 was giving Tony Hawk Game of the Year, which I think is just super impressive. Imagine a sports <laughs> game that gets Game of the Year, um, you know, several times over. He deserves so, it. Yeah, I mean, I, Tony Hawk was great. So I, another thing of interest about Tony Hawk is that Game Informer gave Tony Hawk and then Tony Hawk 2 um, Game of the Year back-to-back years in 1998 and 1999. So Okay, that's not how that works, but okay. Sorry, what did I say? No, I, I'm just talking about whoever gave the award out. You can't have Game of the Year in 98 and 99. Yeah, you can. Yeah, sure. I can see it happening. It's happened before. It, it was the first. An- I so don't the sequel, like it. The sequel came out the next year, so oh. I say it's fair game. Okay, no, then that's fine. I thought you yeah. meant the same game two years in a row. No, like, no, no, no. Yeah, it was Tony Hawk sense. one and then two. So okay, that's where I need. I just need that specification. And I think this was a little bit less of a surprise, but I thought I might be able to fool you guys with We Fit. Um, we Fit was also given several Game of the Year awards. So. I almost said We Fit, but yeah. uh, I just don't like Sims. Yeah. So I think, it, especially in like academic circles, We Fit was seen as like a what you know an example of video games as good and like the act of video game, um, you know, that helps a lot of people you know lose weight or do whatever. So it was given a lot of acclaim for that kind of thing. Shouts to Nintendo. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, we'll be talking about the Game Awards in just a second. But first, I wanted to ask you guys what you've been playing the last couple of weeks. Marcos, um, weeks. I said week. Uh, but last couple of weeks. Marcos, what have you been up to? Um, I've done a little bit more of Red Dead 2 and uh, Call of Duty, Destiny 2, the usual stuff. So I'm going to stick with Red Dead here because I don't think Dakota or I have played it yet. And um, obviously, this is... I would say this is probably a Game of the Year frontrunner. Uh, yeah, I think it's nominated, and that would have been that. I'm almost positive it'll probably win Game of the Year. I'm thinking it'll be either that or God of War. Yeah, I think God of War is pretty good, but uh, I mean, so, so far with the game that I'm at, I've done a couple. I've gone a little bit more into the uh, the campaign oh. because I don't like. I, I got tired of being a shithead, just killing innocents. Oh. Wow! So it's you, who everybody's complaining about. Yeah, I'm that guy. But yeah. uh yeah, um it's really good. It is really good. I'm finally able to do things that I can't do, like rope up things. Rope up things? Yeah, like you have a lasso in your inventory that you can right. you can tie anything up. If you see it, you can tie it up. I assure you that much. And you can uh, very well tie people to railroad tracks and just wait there and hope that a train comes by. That was a big thing in Red Dead Redemption 1. I remember friends coming over and like they're like, can you tie people to railroad tracks? That's the first thing they ask. <laughs> I wonder why that's the, the I mean, That's like a like, big uh, stereotype, movie. right? With like the cowboy stuff. Yeah, I guess past. so. Sure. 
Uh, Dakota, what have you been playing the last couple of weeks? Ask Creed. Yeah. Every so- day, all day. But I also, I, I stepped away, I think, like last week to play Kinseed, which is an early access game on um, Steam made by a lot of ex-Lionhead devs. Ooh, I love Lionhead. I don't know who Lionhead is. Fable. Fable. Ah, I see. That's pretty cool. They, they even have some chickens in the game named Fable. Fable 2 and Fable 3. <laughs> as funny folks. <laughs> That's cute. So what do you think of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is another Game of the Year nominee? Uh, when I, I'm going to compare it to Origins, because that's like the newest game that's very different from the original series. I guess it's all the same, but... Um, I stopped playing Origins at some point without getting very far into the game itself for multiple reasons, but I've gotten pretty... I've, I, w- I would say I've probably synced... And I'm not even very far into the, like, I would say I'm still in the early ons of the game, but I've probably synced almost coming up to, uh, hun- c- coming up on 100 hours. That's nice. crazy that you would consider it still in the early part of the game. I think I didn't finish Origins either, and one of the reasons that I never finished Origins was because you need to do a certain amount of side quests before you can continue the main mission. Yeah, you literally, one, Origins prohibits you, like, if you want to do something, like, within the main quest that's above your level, you can't. So is that the same thing with Odyssey? Oh my god. My god. Hold on. <laughs> it, it, uh, convert, just of interest, Dakota's dog's name is Link. So it's still I feel like it still fits into the podcast. We'll we'll let the bark we'll let the bark stay around. Okay. Do listeners know what my cat's name is? I don't think so. Yeah, her name's Cat, everybody. That's not yeah. a joke. <laughs> so okay. um, dog has been let out. I yeah. Why well, I, I was just saying that you know, with your dog's name being Link, I feel like it fits into the podcast. Could honestly be considered a, a fourth guest. <laughs> he could be. He's he's usually here sometimes. Yeah, just a yeah, silent my cat, participant. My cat yeah. is right here on the desk, just licking herself. Hi, cat. Hi, cat. So cat. let's get to the news because there is a lot of it. Um, we have a couple weeks to cover. First and foremost, let's start with something fun. So the other day, Toy Story Four releases a teaser trailer and i think if you you told me a couple of years ago that a toy story the finale of toy story the the teaser would be eclipsed by a detective pikachu game (laughs) i'm sorry a detective pikachu film i i would have called you bonkers right yeah i honestly had no idea toy story 4 was a thing until today earlier and that's just literally just totally overshadowed by detective pikachu I, it's really impressive, honestly, that this absurd concept has turned into uh, something that everybody's talking about. Now, for anybody who hasn't seen it, Detective Pikachu is a sort of real-life Pokemon game. Think of like the most recent Winnie the Pooh. I think that's probably the the best. Because Robin, that's yeah, a pretty the... good representation of what the uh, except Winnie the Pooh kinda... looks charming and cute. I think oh, some okay. So we're gonna start this charming. conversation. Yeah, I I do too. I thought Pikachu looked adorable. I yeah. I was all I listen. I'm not somebody who is just jumps full head of steam onto things I'm, like this, but I'm you know what, I'm honestly, all aboard. On Pikachu from like the clips, a lot of people will be will clip like a real ugly shot of Pikachu, and that's <laughs> what I first initially saw was like the super ugly disgruntled Pikachu that looks fake. 
then you see it in the actual clips and I'm like, okay, you know what? I can, I can kind of feel this, but then he started talking and I was out again. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I I mean, like the Greninjas that they showed off look pretty good. Charizard looks great. Um, I think we're going to talk about the Mr. Mime. I was going to end with that. The Psyduck looks (laughs) hilarious. Um, what are they called? The little Bulbasaurs were being shown off in that river scene. Oh, they looked really cute. Yeah. Jigglypuff looks kind of whack. Horrifying. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. But it, it makes, like, the, the Pokemon models look, they make look. sense. They look like they make sense. I think that's what they need to do. I know there was a famous um, artist that was around the internet that was grabbed by the people that are doing this movie to help um design these uh, yeah the, the guy who realistic. drew all the realistic pokemon photos yeah he's on there yeah. it's really mm-hmm. cool what's up cat so uh <laughs> that's that's one thing that we'll be keeping an eye on i think we'll have to it might be our first feature film review on epilogue gaming um well, that'll be fun yeah we'll have to we'll have to give that a review when it comes out um some other news this week xbox officially acquired obsidian entertainment which we had talked about a, a few weeks ago. I think we've we've kind of known um, that, and we we've been talking about on this very podcast that Microsoft is in the accusation business right now. And I, just from what I know and understand, that this isn't going to be the end of it. I don't think Obsidian is the last uh, company that they'll they'll have taken under their wing. They also announced the purchase of in uh, I think it's pronounced Inzile, which is the developer development team behind wasteland the rpg games that i think are mostly text-based i don't know a a ton about the wasteland series but i do know that they get great reviews and it seems like microsoft is bringing in yet another talented acquisition so or another talented development team so i do want to talk about obsidian a little bit because referring back to fallout new vegas Obsidian's most popular game by a landslide was when they were given the chance and opportunity to make a Fallout game. Um, I don't know. Since then, we haven't really seen a return to that kind of form. We've seen things like Ty- Tyranny, which were was a, a, an isometric RPG that was really, really detailed and well-written, but it didn't have that same sort of AAA scale to it. So I'm... I'm starting to wonder between this and Wasteland, do you guys think that Microsoft might take a whack at building some really big Western RPGs? Because that's something as as far as I can think of that Sony really doesn't have a whole lot of. Uh, do you think that's something that might interest them, Dakota? Oh, definitely. Or Marcos. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm no, like... you're you're excited to answer. Go ahead. Yeah, man. Like it's the, this is like the one genre I think Microsoft it's, itself has been kind of lacking with. Like you don't get too many big RPGs that Microsoft is single-handedly owning, and I think this is a perfect uh, acquisition for them. Especially because it's it's make. yeah, and it's in such contrast to Sony's JRPGs. Um, yeah. So to help them carve a market out, especially when you see how how well things like Skyrim and The Witcher sell. I mean, think of it. We don't we haven't seen a big Western RPG all year right i i off the top of my head i can't think of one does the no. south park rpg count uh, no no and that's even yeah. more jrpg i mean people don't want to admit it but the turn-based combat like there's a lot of jrpg influence there that's true I, yeah i can feel that so 
I mean, I really can't. I I can't think of one. Monster Hunter World is a JRPG, or it's more westernized than Monster Hunter's ever been. But still, uh, mm-hmm. I can't think of it. I I just can't think of anything. So I think this is a big move, a good step in the right direction. Uh, what do you think, Dakota? Yeah, I agree. So <laughs> Marcos Marco said it all. Um, so I think, yeah, just moving forward again, I, I think we've been particularly high on what Microsoft is doing behind the scenes and also particularly low on what they're, they've done this particular generation in terms of game release. So I think the next step for them is really just releasing that big, big Western RPG. Yeah. This um, next generation for Microsoft is looking to be pretty big. I'm excited. Yeah. So that will conclude uh, our news about Microsoft. But there were a couple other things before we get to the Game of the Year awards. Uh, so two things happened. One, I got an email the other day. I don't know if you either of you got this. As I'm assuming both of you are Sony, um, what is it, uh, PlayStation Plus members? Yeah. No? Dakota. Okay, so maybe you didn't get the email. But the other day, Sony sent out an email saying that they had moved the closing of a couple different servers, including PlayStation All-Stars, back to January 31st. And that coincides pretty coincidentally with Netflix saying that they were going to take their app off of the Wii, the original Nintendo Wii, so not even the Wii U, but off of the Wii on January 30th. This I only say this even bring this up for a couple of reasons first and foremost i think it's odd that we're seeing companies even bother like what's the point in having a press release about this (laughs) i have no clue i don't know the logistics about this stuff i don't know how like what kind of work goes into i guess there's probably like a maybe there's like a few hundred people who use the wii for netflix watching and they just want to make sure that like i'm in different areas sure i can see that it's probably better to have a formal press release saying, hey, we're discontinuing support for this console for, for our app. Then just all of a sudden it just kind of disappears and then those people get pissed and it becomes a big thing. Sure. It might even just be a way for them to get their name and headlines. Because <laughs> like, nobody, this isn't a I bad thing, Netflix right? I has it's... to worry about getting their name and headlines, though. That's true. So... And I the think other it's more reason, so to avoid like a, a big blow. I guess. I just can't imagine anybody being like, I can't believe Somebody it. would. <laughs> and then, if you know, someone would, people would get pissy. And then yeah. Netflix would receive some. It wouldn't be huge. But like they'd get some kind of shit for it. And nobody would really care. And it'd last for a day. And then it'd be done. I think you're probably right. I mean, I, I, we can look at it that at least they did this. Like, they better to make a skeptical than just let it go out with a little whimper, I guess. Okay. The only reason I even really care about this is I go to, I visit a friend and they have in, in the room that I stay in, they have a Nintendo Wii. And that's what <laughs> I used to watch Netflix on the that's TV funny. in that room. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't have even known that it was a thing except for that. So let's get to the game of the year um, nominees um, from the game award show, which is the, uh, the show that Jeff Keighley puts on every year. It's pretty much the definitive, I think, at this point, game of the year, um, it, you know, in terms of like overall publicity. He's done such a good job. It's a really great show. I, I think most people watch it because there's so many cool announcements during the show. But I really appreciate like the industry part of it. Just figuring out, you know, who deserves this kind of acclaim for the for the, the games. games that faces. 
yeah, recognition. So, yeah, and it's just good. And it's usually like a good positive experience. Even when you had like the Joseph Ferris thing last year where he's like dropping F-bombs about oh, he's the a sweetheart. Yeah. That, so he's actually somebody we've covered a lot at Epilogue and I really like him. It was... It's it's funny because it doesn't really... If you ever play any of his games, you would never in a million years think that that was the person who built, like, Brother <laughs> A Tale of Two Sons. Never. But uh, all the same. So, Dakota, why don't you go ahead and tell us who the Game of the Year nominees are this year. Okay. First, first off, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, mm-hmm. top of the list, followed by Celeste, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Rip Stanley, Monster Hunter World, and then Red Dead Redemption. So Two. pretty, pretty standard list. I think that I don't know. I think about nobody you guys. was unexpecting. The biggest surprise for oh, me probably is still Celeste. Mon- yeah, oh, see, mine I is was Mon- not expecting Celeste on as many nominations that it has made it to. Have either of you played Celeste? Nope. nope. Yeah, it it is really amazing. I'm glad to see it represented. I do, I do think so. Just in reference to Dakota talking about monster hunter world i don't think there's been a more beloved game this year by a fan base like i i almost never hear anything bad about monster hunter world whereas i still hear bad things about red dead redemption a lot of people said they couldn't get into god of war you know it was just a different any god of war fan um, played a totally different type of game in terms of god of war one through three to the new god of war and then some people didn't like Spider-Man, I think. I don't think Spider-Man clicked with everyone. I really liked it. I don't know that everybody did. But Monster Hunter World, everybody who plays it seems to really like it. So it felt like a pretty easy choice for me. Is there anything that made it? Is there any reason it was surprising for you, Dakota? I don't know. I just don't I don't hear nobody talking about Monster Hunter World. Really? Yeah. I hear, you know, Red Dead Redemption is obviously everywhere. I'm... Marvel Spider-Man is everywhere. God of War is everywhere. I hear a lot of people talk about Celeste. Um, Assassin's Assassin's Creed Odyssey isn't surprising, but I don't really hear people talk about that one either as much. But it was kind of eclipsed by Red Dead Redemption to release. So, yeah, I think that's a fair point. So, one I did want to talk about time out their release date too well. It was released a week before Red Dead Two. So, wait, what was released a week before Odyssey? Oh, so was it? They, yeah. So yeah, I have I, people kind of the you know I've talked to people and they've said that they tried playing it, but Red Dead Two came out the next week, so they played that over the other game. And Call of Duty also came out the same day as Odyssey. Interesting. I did hear that Odyssey sold super well, which was that's good. Good, yeah. So uh, I did want to talk about a couple surprises. Um, one of the categories, best ongoing game. There, there's not a whole lot of surprise here. There's Destiny, Fortnite, Overwatch, Rainbow Six Siege, which won last year. So the big one that was a surprise to me was No Man's Sky. Um, not because I don't know that it's deserving or, you know, whatever, but because this was the same game that people literally took out pitchforks for. Like, this was the game to hate on a year ago. And here it is, and it's getting this big, big award nomination uh, do, is this kind of a signifier that any game can come back from the dead? Any game? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> right? Because what other... Ga- I've never seen a game get so much hate as <laughs> No Man's Sky, right? Yeah, that, like, I'm surprised that it came back and people were chill with it. Like, okay, this is fine now. 
But two, it's on a nominee list for best ongoing game. Pretty big. So yeah, I think I I really do think if we ever uh, if, if the next big hype you know game that gets a ton of hype and then kind of crashes and burns. I don't even think we can count anything out anymore. There's, there is nothing to say that uh, games can't make a comeback. It's good. It's a good thing. Yeah, you know, I don't. I I wonder if a developer like Hello Games would have been just absolutely toast ten years ago. Like if that kind of game gets put out ten years ago, you don't have the ability to really patch it sufficiently. I just don't know that a game like that or a development team like that survives. But now they'll be able to make whatever. Especially because they're they're not like a they're basically just an indie developer. Yeah, they're, that was backed by big, big Sony. By, they're not. Well, yeah, but like they're not like any big recognizable name, which is kind of even more yeah. impressive. It's not Ubisoft releasing a terrible game and then next year coming out with something really good. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So let's see. There was. There is at least one more. Oh, I wanted to talk a little about, not because I disagree, but best game direction, Detroit Become Human was nominated. And I, when I hear game direction, I think director. And we talked a lot about how the <laughs> the Quantic Dream controversy with David Cage, when that was coming out, and, you know, say what you want about Cage and whether or not his games are are good. Uh, but that was that was kind of a, a scary story um, with a lot of like verbal abuse accusations being thrown around. And so to see this game then nominated for best game direction, is that something that surprises you, Marcos? Or do you think that that's not really the the, the line they're trying to draw here? Because it feels to me like this is a David Cage. They're saying, hey, we think David Cage did a really good job. So we're going to nominate him. With this I don't award. like that it's there for many reasons. D- David Cage being one of them. I think it's pretty weird. I mean, game direction in itself. I never played the game. I saw the game. I don't like it. But I understand why they would think that this game is something that should be uh, awarded something. Well, so to put this in perspective, the other games that are nominated, which I also find weird, because if we're going to talk about like the big head honcho and that's who we're giving the awards to or that, that's who we're nominating for a way out which makes sense that's joseph ferris who we were just talking about it, it makes total sense that they'd want him back uh, you know at that awards show <laughs> yeah. um you have god of war which doesn't make any sense to me you have santa monica a huge studio who made this game i don't i don't even know what what's the difference here between best game direction and best game at that point yeah, and then you have Marvel Spider Man and Red Dead Redemption. Same thing. Like, who at Rockstar is directing this game specifically when that team is like a hundred people large at least? I, I don't even know the the number, right? So, what does that even? What is that? Absolutely. What does that award even mean? Award, to to be fair, it the description for the award says awarded. It isn't talking about a director. Okay, but awarded to game studio. For outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. So okay, kind of so how they took, yeah. Okay. And then like, oh, I would say overall creative vision. Like, if that I mean, I sense. would say that a way out is the one that fits that the most. God Which of War is, makes sense too, I think, because it revamped the the franchise into a, sure. like a totally different way. Spider-Man right? doesn't make any sense to me. 
Spider-Man doesn't make any sense. Detroit Re- become human? Uh, I can understand okay, maybe. it. I don't know. Red Dead doesn't Red really Dead make doesn't make sense. too much sense. I never played the first, so I don't know. Spider-Man, I guess maybe the web slinging. I know that was kind of an innovative tech, like the the things they did with it. But there's... I mean, <laughs> it's basically Arkham, the Arkham games, but with Marvel slapped on it. Sure. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch moving forward. Um, I think that's probably the most interesting category for me, even if I don't really know. Ex- thanks, Dakota, for providing the description. I hadn't seen that. So um, I think it'll be interesting to watch that moving forward. Yeah, December 6th, I think, is the uh, date for it. That's when the Game Awards are? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, that's what the day so is. We'll probably have to do our predictions and stuff in a couple of weeks, which we, we'll do. We did last year, and we'll do it again. Yeah. One more thing for the Game of the Years. Um, under the Best Narrative tab... Yeah. Uh, of course, they have uh, D- Detroit, God of War, Spider-Man. I think Red Dead's on there. But they also have Life is Strange 2, episode, just episode one. <laughs> yeah, I also found that weird. <laughs> I did find that odd. Oh, yeah. It's like, just episode one, which, like, they're, they're, I, I guess I haven't played it and I haven't seen it. But, like, you're giving episodes, like, usually that's just kind of setting everything up and nothing even really happens in the first episodes of series like that. You know why that's there? Why? Because, uh... They probably know it'll be Telltale long. can't be there. Oh, Ooh, true. Uh, Maybe they initially wanted to do uh, Walking Dead or something. I don't know. This is tricky. For me, it's but just it's, save it till next year. If you want to really nominate something, do it the Captain America, or what is it, the uh, Captain, you, you know, the other game, the little game they put out. Don't nod. Yeah. Uh, oh, the Captain Spearhead. Or, yeah, uh, Captain Spirit. Or not Captain was. Spearhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all over the place. I think it's Captain Spirit. So yeah, that makes like, sense. That, that makes close. Sense. I don't know. Also, I yeah, I, I totally agree that that's that's. Yeah, odd. I thought that was the weirdest thing I saw on the list. Is not the whole series because I mean you can't. It's not out yet. But just episode one, which isn't I'm sure isn't even like a huge standpoint in like narrative compared to any of the other games at all whatsoever because it's two hours tops and it's just setting everything up for the other episodes right i haven't played it but i i i mean the first episode is the same right the games don't really interest me so i'll go off of what you guys tell me about the the game (laughs) so just one last general feeling about this whole thing uh, and I, I just want to hear if you guys agree with me or not. You don't have to, you know, tell me a whole lot about it one way or the other. Looking at this list, I can't help but feel like this was a down year for video games. I've said that a lot, especially coming off last year when we had things like Breath of the Wild. We had Odyssey. We had Persona 5. We had these games that people really, really, really liked. And this year, the only thing I can think of that kind of met that same value. You could say maybe Red Dead Redemption 2, but if you just get a general feeling of how people are uh, digesting that game on Twitter or something, the, the feedback on it isn't mostly positive, I'd say. A lot of it is like, this game is boring. This game takes too long to get there. there you know, There's a, a lot of things I'm seeing that people aren't super high on it. Now, I haven't played it, and Red Dead's one of my favorite game so I'll, when i get to it i'm sure i'll love it but still i get the feeling that this wasn't as good of a year for video games as last year which is odd because as we proceed through this console generation we usually see more and more um innovative and great titles now of course we just had the switch release last year 
Dakota, what do you think? Just yes or no. Is this a down year for video games? Um, yeah, it's super obvious when like the first, what are these four categories have the same four games Yep. Mm-hmm. in every category. It Agreed. speaks for itself, literally. Marcos? No. Oh, all right. <laughs> He's, I, I asked for a yes or no. He's just going give it, to give it a no. I appreciate it. So let's take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about video game tropes. Uh, we'll tell you what tropes are, what it, what it means when we talk about tropes. And then we're going to play a little game that was sent to us by uh, a user so or a, an audience member. I don't know the proper nomenclature for that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but You're when we come back, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll play a game and then we'll head on out. And uh, I think we're going to do a a Thanksgiving episode next week, but we'll probably have to record a little early. Maybe we'll get that episode to you guys a little earlier than normal. So yeah, that's true. I want to be yeah, I'll be out of town for Thanksgiving or earlier Thanksgiving, so we have to figure something out. Right. We'll we'll definitely figure that out next week. So anyway, uh, just a quick break, and we'll be back in a second. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Epilogue Gaming Podcast. We'd like to take a moment to thank our Patreon sponsors, including our new members, Zach Marvin, Samantha Seal, How's My Audio, and Chocolate Chip Pancakes. We'd also like to give a special shout out to our gold tier members and above, Matt Buchanan, Tina Jameson, Thanks the Dragon Slayer, Drath Josh, Disney Lover for Life, Chocolate Chip Pancakes, and X Creations. You too can become a Patreon member for as little as $1 a month over at patreon.com slash epiloggaming. Included are a variety of rewards and perks, so check it out when you have some free time. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm really excited for this episode. I think this was one we've been talking about doing for a very long time, video game tropes. Um, and we've probably even touched on it before. I feel like it's a conversation we've had on this podcast, but sort of doing a deep dive on some of our our favorite video game tropes, uh, maybe some of our least favorite, and and we'll talk about those. But first and foremost, I think it's important uh, just to tell you guys, so we're all on the same page here, what we mean when we're talking about a trope. Um, literally, the word means um, it's, it's used as figurative language. Um, and via Wikipedia, which I found to be a pretty good definition, um, the word trope has also come to be used for describing commonly commonly recurring literary literary and rhetorical devices, motifs or cliches in creative works. And that's how we're going to talk about it. So reoccurring devices that are used repeatedly. Um, so we'll that's how we're going to be talking about video game tropes. Um, so let's open up, I guess Marcos, what are some video game tropes that that you really like um, some things that reoccur frequently that you enjoy in video games. I love the best friend rival thing that happens a lot in video games, particularly in like JRPGs. Oh yeah. Like in Sora Riku, um, Locke and uh, what's his face? Garrett's all that stuff, man. I love yeah. it. And it even kind of happens in the newer Pokemon. It's almost like they, they were the ones who originally had that very standard, okay, it's you against your rival. 
But nowadays, mm-hmm. most of the time, your rival is also like your best friend, which I kind of dislike. So I'm actually gonna gonna flip this here. I do really? not like that trope. Yeah, really? I do not uh, like it. I love it. So Dakota, what do you think about that one? I hmm. I will say I am in the middle, and I have a love hate for it because I also really enjoy the best friend is your rival trope. Um, the Pokemon series does take it into like a more like you know usually in older ones it's like you're kind of friends, but your rival's usually in Pokemon your rival is mostly a dick. <laughs> yeah, I love like, that. See, I love that. Like plain yeah. and simple. In Kingdom Hearts, Riku is nice enough he's not 100 percent asshole but he is kind of a little bit <laughs> but in newer pokemon games they're like these are your pals you guys basically are like doing you're in this together which i love but also i really love the your asshole best friend rival thing too so so, I just like the dynamic, man. Like, like there'll be a scene, like in JRPGs mainly, like you'll be back to back helping each other out, but there's always a competitive part of it, kind of like Legolas and Jim Lee and Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So it's also important to note, just like Marcos was saying, that this is something that exists in like all narrative mediums. Like, it's not just video games. I'd say it's maybe more popular in video games, but like even in the most recent Star Wars, uh, who, what's Adam Driver's character? Uh oh, Marcus. Oh, it's uh Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren and you know and Ren like the two they sort of are like have this weird tension going on where they'll sometimes help each other out, but then they also hate each other. You can't really figure it out. <laughs> oh it's man, pretty, there were some good scenes in that movie. <laughs> it, it's pretty popular um across film and and video games. So I'm not a fan of it. Dakota, Damn. What give me something that I'm a fan of? What what are what tropes do you like? You want you want me to give you something that you're a fan of? No, just something what you're a fan of, I... and I'm I'm okay. going to agree with. Yeah. <laughs> you, at first, you're uh, you you confuse me. I'm like, am I playing a guessing game here? Is this worth trivia yes, points? Play, play, yes, trivia <laughs> points. Yeah. Okay, I don't know if you'll be a fan of this, but I, I'm really into like. You're you're just a normal everyday person or a village peasant farmer potato, who knows? But it's like <laughs> potato farmer. You're like it's like one day, or it's like your your fourteenth birthday, and everything changes, and your whole life changes, and you're actually destined for greatness, or just like the whole idea that like, or even in Harvest Moon, your life you're just a farmer, but your life turns around and becomes kind of more magical. But I'm just yeah. also very into like more fantasy magical light-hearted things generally that's not true but yeah so i i do really like this one i think this one is commonly here the hero's journey so yeah. this is something we we see in like legend of zelda pretty much every single opening to legend of zelda is zelda is link being some like i don't know he link usually literally is like in sleeping. twilight princess he's a yeah he's like a farmer or like in an ocarina of time he wakes up and he's like sleeping in his bed he's just like this teenager who just wants to sleep in but like the world (laughs) won't let him yeah and everyone's like hey link dude we're counting on you to save the world like we really need you to get out of bed a lot of of jrpgs do that too like kingdom hearts is the easiest Mm -hmm. one that 
first just comes off to mind. Yeah, like Sora's just a ragtag dude with a group of friends. He just wants to hang out, ride on his skateboard, but now he's got to save the world. He's got a big heart. Yeah, that, that's he's his a, He's a good kid. It is a superpower. You think I'm kidding. No, that's I'm his not. biggest fucking... <laughs> I know he's you're got not. a big heart. <laughs> oh, I love Sora. But I do like this one. This one's cheesy, corny. It's used all the time, but you're right, Dakota. There's nothing yeah. bad about it. There's nothing bad about it. It's good stuff. So what about the tropes that you hate? Are, are there anything... Is there a trope that you particularly hate? You just want to see die, Marcos? The damsel in distress kind of deal. God damn it, Marcos. <laughs> <laughs> that one was supposed to be mine. I'm the woman here. <laughs> That gets to be my trope. Fine. I fine. think we can all just agree that we hate that one. Yeah, I think yeah. that was a little too easy. Fair <laughs> enough. No, but it's it's totally fair. And it's one of the things that we still see all the time. And we even, and I think it'll be interesting to see, because say what you want about the whole, what is it? The uh, the peach, the Bowser peach thing. I forget her name. Peach is the biggest one. Yeah, the easiest one to go off right. of. Right. So it, and people are slowly trying to twist Peach into this character who's like not really helpless, but she's also like, really smart and more independent and independent and it's like that's what people seem to want so i think we're probably mo- gonna move in a direction okay um, but if we want a solid good i i feel like zelda's not the best example sometimes depending on which game it is but zelda's probably like the best example of a even like from generally the earlier legend of zelda games she's I think not like fair. the typical damsel in distress yeah, she's always like- to some degree helpful uh, and like Ocarina less so, but yeah, just treat your characters more than just a plot device. Because like, that's all Precious actually Peach have is, a personality. Is a plot device. So, yeah. can we think of any examples of a game who treated the damsel uh, in quotes as like this this powerful and individual character? Because I'm trying Zelda. To... Persona Five. Okay, Explain. I already said Legend of Zelda, but. <laughs> Um, Antomaki is your first character that you have to go save and stuff, but um, through the throughout, like almost towards the end, where you're about to confront the final boss, she's like, you know what, I'm gonna take care of myself, and she gets this giant power the way that you and your other party members get your powers, and she beats the shit out of the boss. It's great. So I I think one of the examples that off the top of my head that's interesting is God of War from this this most recent god of war it's not traditional damsel in distress uh kratos's wife is dead at the very beginning of the game but the whole idea is that you're going to carry your wife's ashes up to the top of a mountain and and bury her and that's that's going to be that you know how it goes so basically kratos the, his wife is again just being used as a plot device but as the game unfolds you figure out that your wife was actually this super all-knowing powerful individual uh who is sort of you know asking you to put her ashes at the top of this mountain for a very specific purpose. And I think that's a really cool idea too, is like the God of War actually masqueraded itself as a damsel in distress and then flipped the switch, which I I have seen a couple of times in other games. Um, So hopefully we see more of that trope getting stomped out because I don't think anybody really wants it, Uh, at least not as frequently as as it pops up. So are you guys ready to play a little game? I think yeah. I have one trope that I don't like that I just oh, go ahead. right now. Yeah, go ahead. When the final boss shows up early and you have to fight him, but you know you can't beat him, so you're just whacking at like a log. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that's called, but I hate that. Yeah. I hate that. I hate yeah. it. I'm it's like you. in Mega Man X. It's in so many video games. Ugh, gross. Yeah, you're, you're right. You uh, know they, what? I've, 
Go ahead. No, go, go ahead first. You go ahead. Well, so is <laughs> no, 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 no. You go ahead. <laughs> My, mine's not relevant, but it's kind of relevant. So you go okay. First. So one of the ones that pops off the top of my head, Marcos, is in Dark Souls when you first find Seath. Oh, and you can't. Okay. It's, yeah, it's really interesting because you can't beat Seath, but like five minutes later, you can like crush his brains in. It's <laughs> like it's like a rapid form of that. That I was kind of so trigger. confused when I got trapped in that room with Seath. I had yeah. no idea what was going on. I was so mad. It's it's interesting. I think another great example of a game that didn't do that is the. Uh, is Legend of Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild, which actually allows you to fight that's Ganon true. right away. Yeah, that's really good. It's like, hey, if you think you can beat him, dude, just go <laughs> go try it. Well, try your best if you want. It's really, I, I do like that. I think we'll see more of that as games unfold. But I'm a big believer that Breath of the Wild, as, as many flaws as that game has, I think we're going to see a lot of things stripped away from it and used in other games. But anyway, Dakota, what, what was your uh, tangential topic? Uh, it's about Detective Pikachu again. I've been thinking about it, honestly, as you guys have been talking. I honestly talking, can't, I can't stop thinking about Detective Pikachu. <laughs> I think what threw me off so much about it initially is when you think of Pokemon, and even the Pokemon in the movie are so bright and colorful and, like, generally bright and colorful, but the movie is so dark. Like, it's gray, monotone, kind of... I don't want to say dingy. That's not the right word, but it's, it's like, like gritty. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, this doesn't fit Pokemon. It's a little upset. I think that's why it threw me off for a loop so hard the first time. Okay. I kind of like the, it, it seemed like downtown uh, Japan. I don't know. I like, I, I'm downtown, trying to think of exa- it was me, exactly. I, I think of like a, like New York. Was Super it? I, I think it's, city. I don't know. They're probably going off of an area in the games. I right. would imagine, um, which one was X and Y's area? It had like the giant Unibon. towers and stuff. Oh, you're Unibon. right. That, yeah, I that think is probably cool. where it's gonna be. The big city. If, yeah. Well, if yeah. they did Unova, they could be able. They'd be able to do it off of New York, which yeah. is conveniently. That's, that was what. That's what I thought they were doing. That it was X and Y is that area. Yeah, that makes sense. I also said downtown Japan, but didn't specify a city. I know Japan yeah, doesn't I'm have like, like a single downtown Japan. I just didn't say anything. I was like. Okay, I didn't then. think about it. Like I just disregarded it. Oh, I appreciate you disregarding it. Anyway, I so heard let's... it and I was nice. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's play a little game. Um, so we there isn't a whole lot on video game tropes, which is one of the reasons I wanted to have an episode on it. This just isn't something people people like throw out the term trope all the time, and they're like, yeah, yeah, like the hero's journey. Like it's just a you know it's a trope used all the time. You see it a lot in reviews, but I don't think people really dig into like what, what you know, cons- yeah conceptually how does it affect game development because we've talked about you if you watch a show like cheers or friends or how i met your mother like all of these are like the same show with slightly different characters how dare you i love I, cheers. I love all don't. of them i love all of them i'm not saying I, I don't i love formulaic stuff which is one of the reasons i kind of like tropes as opposed to you know a you lot of know what to expect and that's that's yeah. easy that's nice so here are a few ones. I wasn't sure how I felt about them. I, I, I kind of was going back and forth. So I want you guys to tell me how to feel about it. Um, so this game is going to be called Game Over or Keep Playing. So at the end of each trope that I read out, you tell me if you want to see it die, which is game over, or if you want it to keep going, you find it comfortable, you find the formula, one that works, you say keep playing. So We'll start with we'll start with Dakota, um, but after that, feel free to just answer first come first serve. So this is from Video Game Tropes. 
um, which is, uh, or sorry, excuse me, televisiontropes.com, which has a plethora of television tropes available on the website. They do a really good job of summarizing each one. So they have a section for video game tropes, and that's what we're using. Um, and that's what they these uh, the name for these particular tropes comes from. So the first one is Coupe de Grace cutscene. And this trope is killing a boss, and the game shows you a cutscene of the final blow. So instead of like the game just ending or the boss dying based on like the in-game version of your sword swing, it like cuts it God of War does this a lot where it'll like cut to Kratos and he'll just do some really cool like jab move and it'll like jump on the monster and like slap his uh, axe into the, the monster's eye. But it's not actually you doing it. It's like it cuts to a, it, it has a cutscene involved. I think even Zelda does this pretty frequently with Ganon. Uh, so Dakota, what do you, what do you think? Game over or keep playing? A very loose keep playing. Very loose keep playing. Okay. Marcos? Oh, keep playing. I love that stuff. <laughs> you do? Okay. I play Kingdom Hearts, so it does that all the time. I love yeah, it. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts says it a lot. So what about if it's just a normal enemy? Like Witcher does this sometimes, where it has these slow motion kills. It like cuts to a, a, like a slow motion kill of oh, Geralt. Keep playing. Just... keep playing so hard. Really? Yeah, Doom, Doom also did it, I think. Skyrim yeah. does it. Yeah, Doom Skyrim does it. Skyrim's Odyssey does it. Okay. All right, so we're in I on this it. one. I Show like me it. my slow-mo kill. All right, so we're going to keep playing that one. Here's a good one. <laughs> and this comes just after I saw this hilarious video of a uh, in Oblivion where a character was like knifing away at, at all of the belongings of this poor shop owner in, in Elder Scrolls Oblivion. He's like destroying his chairs and his furniture. <laughs> but then as soon as he picks up an apple, a guard <laughs> appears from behind him. And he says, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> like Trying to get him to stop stealing. So this one's called Clairvoyant Security Force, where a guard appears out of nowhere to stop you from stealing or some other deed in the game. Uh, Dakota, do you, is this game over or keep playing? keep playing but mostly because it's real funny and fun <laughs> it is funny marcos what do you think i hate it game over <laughs> i don't know i'm with i'm with dakota in that like it's an immersive breaking thing but it's kind of funny like no, man. That, that stuff is everywhere in red dead you can't do shit oh wow okay I, yeah. yeah i've heard i've heard I this can sometimes. understand how it could be super annoying and frustrating but it, for like Skyrim and Oblivion, that it's so funny though. Well, let me be a bandit. Yeah, I really like in the original Fallout's. It, it it had a morality meter, so like if you stole something, your morality just grew less and less. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah I just kind of like the idea of that rather than there being some sort of police force that's like just a pops out of nowhere. Yeah, that sounds but, like a better way to take care of that yeah. ordeal. Okay, so here's another one. Death Cry Echo. When your player dies, they scream out loud. <laughs> Marcus, game over. <laughs> or keep playing. Keep playing. Okay. Keep playing. Keep playing. I hate this one. Really? There's no point. Your character's dead, dude. Imagine imagine you're like you just get shot in the street. Are you get, are you gonna scream out loud is like oh, your last I'm thing? gonna make sure that I get yeah. screamed out loud. What? At least so, maybe someone could come save me. 
I totally disagree. No, your character's dead. You are you're gonna die. And you <laughs> know if it. I scream loud enough. Oh, <laughs> I man, live in a friend. comfortable white people suburb and I'm a white girl. Well, the louder I scream, the safer I am. Okay. All right, fair enough. So defeat and play. Once you defeat a character, you can then play as them in the game. Dakota, what do you think? Game over or keep playing? No strong feelings either way, but I've never really seen this in a game before. Okay. Marcus? Yeah, keep playing. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I really like it in like Mario Golf when I beat the shit out of Luigi and then I can play as him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, this is in Smash Bros, right? And like fighting yeah. games. Yeah. So yeah, the only thing I can think of Smash. yeah, it's probably bigger in fighting games than anything else. So Yeah. I like it. I want to yeah. get my like, Akuma. Like that's how I play Akuma. Yeah, it feels like you have to conquer the character before you can use it. I like it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so keep playing for me on that one. Infallible babble. Whenever your player is given information in a game, it's always correct. Uh, so this happens a lot where, you know, some random Joe Schmo will just come up and he's like, hey, you're, the treasure you're looking for is at the top of the mountain. And your character never questions it, right? It's just like, oh, okay, that's where I have to go. Marcos, keep playing or game over? Uh, that's weird. I guess keep playing? Okay, Dakota, what do you think? I want to. I don't want to say keep playing, but I do like the when people flip this on its back, and it's like, yes. hey, hey, there, there's this good, good junk over there. Go, go get it for yeah, me. Yeah, the patches was the one thing I thought of. I, I, Dakota, I think that's such a good point. So the reason I want to keep playing on this one is because in order for the thing that you and I like, Dakota, to keep existing. I feel like it has to, the inverse also has to be true. Yeah. Cause like, if then if it went away, then there wouldn't be no fun, like spicy drama. Like when you go to this place and they tricked you and it's like, oh, God damn that character. Now I have to go kill them. <laughs> like Cicero and Skyrim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I like that one. But I, I think there needs lot. to be a bigger balance. Odyssey does it a lot where, like, you'll have an old mercenary friend or something. They're like, oh, could you help me? The guards, they stole my sword that I love so much. And you're like, yeah, I'll do it for you, pal. We're all friends. And you go oh. get it, and it's he sold it to them. And you're like, God damn you. Why'd you make me get it back? <laughs> I <laughs> love that trouble. Like that. Yeah. And he's my like, favorite? Hey, I, I just needed my sword back, and I couldn't open my business without it. And I'm like, God damn you. <laughs> my favorite one is when you run around and do all that stuff for the guy in Fable to date his oh. daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so he sends you out on all these missions, including getting your hair cut and getting a mustache. He's like, my daughter loves mustaches. Go get a mustache. So you go get and a bowl mustache. Cuts. Fat yeah, bowl and, cuts. and bowl cuts. And, and so eventually you come back and you're finally done. And the guy's like, haha, I don't even have a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And like, there's no point for that mission other than the total, the total bait there. Uh, so yeah, I think we can all agree. We got to keep that one. Got to keep that one. Uh, musical spoiler. This is more of a serious one. Um, music indicates that something is about to happen before it actually happens. Marcus. Keep playing. Hard I keep playing. It. Hard keep yeah, playing. Okay. I love it. Yeah. If yeah. there's no music telling me what to, but plus like it could create like added suspense. Like you yeah. hear Legend of Zelda, you hear the Guardian music kick up and it's like, oh God, where is Some it? Some of the best music yep. in games is through this. Through anticipation, right? Yeah, big fan of this one too. I, I, the only examples is that sometimes I think games cue music when silence would be better. Uh, 
not frequently, but sometimes the game just needs to like let us take it all in. Last of Us does this a lot, actually. Or yeah, Last of Us, I think. Where you know it'll just like cut to Ellie's face or something like that. And the the game the only thing you can hear is like the wind in the background, and it's really powerful. Okay. So Dakota, you were actually talking about this with the Pikachu, uh, Detective Pikachu movie, and that is the real is brown trope, which is that the realistic looking games all seem to be overly brown or gray uh, instead of actually having color to them. Let it. Fallout does this so bad. Yeah, Fallout's probably the worst. (laughs) Fallout's the worst offender of this. Mm -hmm. Like, let it, let it go. Just get post-apocalyptic worlds that don't have to be ugly. Look at Nier Automata. That's essentially post-apocalyptic, but look how I'd bright I'd still say it's it a little gray, though. Little it is, gray. but it's a, it's a lot more colorful than Fallout. Yeah. It's a lot okay. prettier. It's gray in the right ways. Marcos, what it do you think? It still has lush green stuff. Uh, yeah, I guess put it away. Game over. Game over. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you guys on this one. I actually was playing Fallout 76, and the first thing... I think Marcos was there when I was playing it. Uh, the first thing I said was that I thought it was more colorful. looked good. Like I thought Fallout seventy six looked pretty good. So So we'll we'll see. I hope I think that's eventually gonna change. I think that's probably just a technical limitation more than an actual trope. All right, so here's a good one. I because I have very strong feelings about this one. Oh boy. The scenic oh. tour. A character shows you around a new city. <laughs> Dakota, what do you think? Game over or keep playing? I'm going to say a very light keep playing, but just because it's, I don't know, it's just nice and friendly and you get to see the town. Marcus, what do you think? Game over. Game over? Okay, explain. I don't like it. I mean, I play (laughs) RPGs where, like, you you yourself will go through areas, but, like, especially, like, Pokemon does it a lot where you you try and go somewhere and this dude will be like, nah, fam, let me take you on this brisk walk. Especially by tile. Which one is it? It's the Hoenn area. In gold and silver, the guy takes you around the whole town, and it takes like 10 minutes. That sucks. That takes forever. So let this burn in a pit of fire, please. (laughs) I can't stand it. I can't stand it. When When I go to a city... Uh, what if I want to play the game again? I already know where everything is in the city. I don't need another tour. I've already been here. I don't want it. Let it die. Game over. You're just okay. better because you've done ho- you've done the Hoenn region game. Yeah, so I know, times. I know, I know. That's true. I got, uh, yeah, I can feel why you feel so strongly about this. And it's those games that really like. Otherwise, this isn't like really that awful of a thing. Like, it's just kind of like okay, I guess. But Hoenn, that second town you go to, and it's so it's not even a big town. He's like, it's this so is the Pokemon Center. <laughs> you can literally see everything from where you're standing. <laughs> this is the Pokemon Center, and he explains to you what a Pokemon Center is in depth. This is the Mart, and ex- he explains it in oh, depth. Man. This is my neighbor's house. She's a bitch. This is the way out of town, and that's the Pallet Town right over there where you just came <laughs> from and where you live. Uh, so, what a hero. Here's another good one. Suicidal overconfidence. No matter how much stronger you are, the enemy AI still attacks you. Marcos, <laughs> let it die. Game over or keep playing? Keep playing, man. <laughs> keep playing, okay. Uh, Dakota, what do you think? Uh, keep playing because it's fun, but there's that. there was a game that I was playing in. Like, I don't even remember what game it was. Oh, it was Nino Kuni 2. But after, like, I was just so much higher than certain enemies, they would just start, stop trying to, like, hunt me down. Which was I interesting. I like that. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm all for a game over here. 
I was playing Spider-Man. And perhaps my biggest problem with it is that every five seconds they were like, you're going to die, Spider-Man. It's like, you see me. I literally just like destroyed all of your friends. <laughs> you're the last one alive. What's the deal here? Right? There's like other it's... games that do that too where, oh, Skyrim does that where it's like if you kill enough people, sometimes one of them will run away. Yeah. like It's yes. not the same thing, but. But, but I much prefer the film trope where like Hulk comes up and he rips somebody in half. And then everyone else kind of backs off and they're like, no, I'm not going anywhere near that. Like, I love the sense. one dude that would be like, yeah, I'm still in it. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that Assassin's Creed Odyssey does that I hate, it, I, I'm pretty overleveled for where I'm currently at in the game. Like, I think the level mark for where I'm at is supposed to be 23 and I'm level 28. But the entire game world, like even like the first beginning area levels up with you. Like, initially, it says, okay, this area is 38 to 39. This so, area like, is scales, yeah. That's but then, like, like, areas that. that you've been to in the past that were initially, like, very beginner levels level up to be, like, they'll never be, they'll always be at least, like, two levels behind you, which kind of sucks, because sometimes I just want to go in and stomp. Yeah, okay, so let's talk <laughs> about that for a second, because I think that's a that's a trope in itself. That it does that. Is, like, is enemy scaling, right? So this there's yeah. no, I don't think there's a name for this. But this is something I I desperately want to die. I know Marco really? said he I likes like it. it. Yeah, I, I don't like it. I think if you're playing an RPG, what is the point of leveling up your character if everybody if you, else is going to level up with you? Yeah, because I just at some point I do I just want to go back and I just want to go to where I started and be like, you guys suck, and then stab yeah. all. It's of them. cathartic. It, when I go when I play through Souls and I go through that beginning area and get crushed like hundreds of times over, but then I come back to it later in the game. And they like don't they it literally doesn't make a dent. It's like a, <laughs> you know, a flea picking away at me. So that kind of stuff I really enjoy. I, I'm all for letting scaling die, honestly. I just don't think it works well in RPGs. It's the whole point of no. the RPG is to grow and feel more powerful as a character, right? So yeah. it just, just doesn't work. I think so what especially- I would like is if the enemy AI would grow. Like not just like they become more spongier and hit harder. I mean like they could they could dodge attacks they weren't able to usually dodge. Yes, attacks, I, I, so I like that too. Yeah, big fan. And I think the tech is finally there. God of War played with it a little bit with difficulty. So if you play on higher difficulties, the the AI knows like more moves. Yeah. Um, and there was even in the Spider-Man game, uh, one of the enemies, I can't, was it uh, the guy who's kind of like a hawk? I can't remember oh, his Vulture? name. Vulture. Um, he, it, the, the moves you use against him, he can't use... Uh, in the future like you can't use those same moves to to hurt him so that was something they stole from another thing they stole from arkham the mr fraud what is it uh mr, mr. freeze, freeze. Yeah. they stole it from that boss fight but still i really like the idea of like characters that can learn ai that can learn from it's like okay if you keep doing the same move over and over again they'll figure it out eventually you know or they should okay so here's one last one and this is called the winner is you and it's when when you finally beat a game and you're really happy you're you're joyous that you just put down you know 30 hours into the to the latest thing you enjoyed all of it but then the game freeze frames on the character's face like smiling or doing something dopey (laughs) and like that's it that's that's the final image you get is just of this freeze frame of the character's face and like that's it there's no like there's there's no like epilogue or anything like that it's just that character's face, it's game over. You're going to the cutscene. 
and that's it. <laughs> Music playing. Uh, what do you think, Marcos? Game over or keep playing? It sounds too goofy to give away. I, I kind of like it. I don't know a game that I've played where it does this, but I, I need to experience it. Oh, God, it's miserable. I, <laughs> it, it's mostly older games. I don't think a whole newer games do it. Uh, most most newer games tend to have cutscenes over playing some sort of cutscene, right? Like yeah. at least when it when it's playing itself out. Dakota, what do you think? Game over. Yeah, game <laughs> over. Get this out of here. We don't need. We don't need. I need to I play think, a game that does this so I can have I, an actual opinion on it. I think the most recent one I did was Jack. I can't remember for sure. Jack and Daxter. I can't remember for sure, but I think it like freezes on on Daxter's face or something like that for a second, and it's just like what I to. I don't care for this. The closest thing this. I can get to this is in fighting games where you like be an opponent. Like online, you'll get like the freeze frame and it'll have like a, your character doing a pose and it'll have like a little quote on the bottom. That's the yeah. closest thing I can get to it. Yeah, I think that's pretty popular. Sometimes you'll see like it, it, a twist on it is like you'll see the whole gang. There's like just a photo of the, the gang taking, uh, you know, like all hugging each other or something, mm-hmm. you know, for like a group screen, uh, a group shot, a group photo. Yeah, I just all that. I I don't need it. <laughs> I, 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 all right, fair enough. Um, so that's gonna do it for our <laughs> for our segment. I hope everybody enjoyed it. I thought that was a that was a fun fun little game. Um, yeah, you know, the more you think about it, the more we realize that these re- reoccurring uh, devices that are used are a you know they are the glue that holds together what we know about video games. So as people continue to tinker with these or remove them, I think that's really how inner innovation takes place is, okay, this is what usually happens. How can we put a twist on that and make it, make it interesting? So now that you have an awareness of some of these things, um, you know, keep an eye on it when you play what, and feel free to send it to us. We'll talk about it. Um, you know, what tropes do you hate? What tropes do you really like? Uh, what are some things that, you know, you, you wish you would see more frequently that maybe could become tropes and stuff like that. But for now, Marcos... I need the magical girl trope to make its way on into video games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a... You can play the Little Witch Academy of games. Do they have a games? Yeah. Where? On PlayStation. I own one. It's a cute little game. Okay. It's a full game, too. It's like a little RPG. Okay, I guess I have to buy that game now because i love little witch academia <laughs> marcos where can people find you this week uh, i'm on twitter twinkie pie 37 marcos comona i'm the cute one pretty boy of epilogue okay dakota yeah okay well you can find me on twitter at the empress where uh, i'm the better one <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can find me at Benjamin Plays on Twitter or Benjamin Ten on Twitch. You can find Dakota. I don't know. You didn't say your Twitch account, right? No, I uh, didn't. I was too busy trying to think of something clever. <laughs> <laughs> Twitch.tv slash Spagina S P Y Spagina. Say it. Uh, try to. And so not. You can find either of us on Twitch streaming games. But that'll do it for us this week. Um, in a couple of weeks, we will be doing our own little uh, game of the year announcements i think you know the the game awards does such a good job i think every year of making sure that it's inclusive of of various things so we'll probably just base our stuff off of that i don't think the epilogue you know epilogue gaming is going to do its own big thing but uh we'll we'll make sure that we go through that entire list and critique some stuff 
in terms of what we like, what maybe we would have added or subtracted, and then we'll predict our winners. Um, so we'll do that in a couple of weeks. But until then, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week for a, a turkey episode. Yeah, yeah. turkey. Okay. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening.